VBS might look different this year, and that's okay. There are four ways you can still do VBS this summer. Visit lifeway.com slash four ways to download your free ebook. No matter which option you choose, we're here to help. listeners and welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. This is another of our special edition at home episodes where Jana Magruder and I are each sequestered in our own homes as is producer Trey. Jana, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm laughing that you used the word sequester. I know. Isn't that good? It's a good we word. Have a, we have a, a colleague who likes that word and so we sometimes use it in jest, but we truly are. It is a good word choice for what is happening. It feels a little different than... Yeah, it feels different than quarantine to me, right? Because quarantine feels like somebody in the home is sick and they put a note on the door that says, you yeah, I also think of dogs when I think of quarantine. Like if, if you get bit by a dog, the dog has to be quarantined to see if it has rabies. Right. And so I don't want to feel like a dog. So No, 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 of course not. Now, I, this, it does make me feel a little bit like I'm on a really exclusive jury for, for some kind of trial, right? Where I'm, I am sequestered away from the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit surreal. We know our listeners, you guys are likely in the same situation. We're, we're sequestered away. We're all working very hard. I don't know about you, Jana. Actually, I do know about you, but let's talk about this. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm working more hours than ever. I mean, we, we, didn't, we weren't you know, taking it easy before, but I feel like the days are just long and the time kind of slips away. And I yes. can find myself easily 12 or 13 hours without really moving away from my computer. And yeah. I think our, go ahead. I agree. But I'm wondering if you are bringing that up because we're about to interview like our big boss. <laughs> no, know? not a loaded question. want him to know <laughs> that, 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 we, that we are working overtime, <laughs> not under time during this. Actually, no, now, now that you say that, it kind of <laughs> undermined it and all the way, it's gone. However, I did, I've seen in people's social media, different church leaders who say, you know, I'm not at the church, we're not having meetings, we're not face-to-face, yet it seems like I'm putting more time and effort into ministry than ever. And so it's different. It's different. Mm -hmm. And as we find ourselves in this situation, we're all coping with how to adjust to this, you know, this new temporary normal. I don't think we want this to be normal. (laughs) This is temporary. And we're all wondering when it's going to end. And in the meantime, I think we can't help but think about what is it that, that the Lord wants us to learn through this experience. We're all learning new ways to do ministry. We're learning that ministry doesn't mean being in the same place. We can minister uh, remotely. We can minister virtually. Um, and, and it's the same for work. But we're, there's certainly got to be something for us to take away. We don't want to go back to just how it was like this never happened. And um, so we've invited today, you meant, you've already kind of tipped the hands. I did. Uh, okay. We have invited our leader here today, and we want to introduce you, our listeners, uh, to Michael Kelly. Michael is the, uh, the senior VP in charge of church ministries here at Lifeway uh, Christian Resources. He is our leader uh, over kids publishing, as well as students and groups and a, a variety of things that we do at Lifeway. Um, Michael's a guy that Jana and I have a relationship and a friendship with, and, and we uh, also follow him on social media. And Michael's an avid writer. He's a great speaker and teacher. Uh, he has a blog called Forward Progress uh, that we have spent time on. And we wanted to introduce you to Michael today um, so that he might speak a word of pastoral uh, uh, advice over us. 
And so, you know, we all are, are looking to, uh, to lead well under the leadership of our pastors at church. And so Michael has a great uh, perspective where he can speak to us as kids leaders with a bit of that pastoral leadership that we need. He had a recent blog post on Forward Progress. It was called Rediscovering Home. And uh, so, Michael, first of all, welcome. We're glad to have you here today. Thanks for making time to be with us. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad to do it. Um, and I am also both sequestered and, and quarantined. <laughs> and quarantined. Here we are, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Well, we've been wanting to have you for a while, and uh, with busyness and schedules and things, it's always tough to find a time, but we're very grateful uh, for you to take a few minutes to be with us. Now, I started to talk a bit about your blog. Um, you don't just write exclusively about pastoral things. You write a lot about the family. So tell us a little bit about your, your heart for the family and the types of things you like to write about. Sure. So we, uh, we, you know, we live here in Nashville. Uh, we have three children. Uh, so I have a 15 year old son and, uh, I have a 12 year old daughter and a 10 year old son. So our, our daughter is, you know, we're sort of bracing for the fact that she's probably going to have a birthday, uh, here and turn 13 while we're in the midst of this, you know, and, and everything that that means. Interestingly, uh, she is, she is not a stranger to weird stuff happening on birthdays. Her, her, uh, fourth birthday was the day of the Nashville flood. If anybody remembers that. Um, so she, we had a strawberry shortcake birthday party set up for her and instead spent the day, uh, trying to shop back uh, water out of our uh, basement that was coming in. So now she'll have the COVID-19 13th birthday. Um, so yeah, those are our kids. Uh, we, um, you know, my wife is a, uh, a, a elementary school teacher. She teaches math at uh, a local school here in our county. And, uh, they're, and what's her name, Michael? I'm sorry. Yeah, her name is Jana. That is right. So another fun fact. Not to be confused with our Jana. That's right. So Jana... Or this Michael. <laughs> married to Michael Magruder. That's right. And that's right. Michael <laughs> Kelly is married to Janet Kelly. So just fun facts all the yeah. way around. It does, I have to say, it does make it difficult when Jana, my Jana, Jana Magruder, and I are having a meeting, and she says, Well, Michael said, we have to use all kinds of different ways to determine which Michael she's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're basically yeah. MK. You are MK. Yeah. My That's fine. Head. Yeah, <laughs> go, go with what works, guys. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, those are our kids. That's where we are. So it's it's yeah, during days of quarantine. We got one in high school, uh, one in middle school, one in elementary school. So they're, they're pretty well spread out, and we're trying to figure things out like everybody else is. Yeah. And as, I know that as a dad, you have a heart for the family. And so you often write things that are very applicable to parents and to parenting. So tell us just a little bit about michaelkelly.co and the kind of things that we might find there. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, uh, man, I, uh, I, I really do love to write for me. It's, it's uh, sometimes I feel like it's, it's more for me than anybody else. I, I found, and maybe this is way for anybody who communicates fairly regularly, I've, I just, I find that I understand things better when I actually articulate them rather than when I, uh, than when I think about them. And so a lot of the stuff that people will find there are just uh, sort of reflections um, about regular everyday stuff. I mean, I, I, I think that's one of the things I, I try to do when I write or when I communicate is uh, to help people see in a, in a relevant kind of way that the, the beauty of 
uh, God's word really can connect with with us holistically. Like it can connect to our imagination. It can connect to our emotions. It can connect to, you know, even our physical activity, things that we do. So um, there's a variety of stuff there. And a lot of it is, again, based on uh, my stage in life. So there's a lot of stuff just about work and ways to theologically approach work. There's just some general reflections about Bible study. And then there's a lot of stuff about family and about what I think it means to be a, uh, a father and uh, what it means to play a, a role uh, in your, your kid's spiritual development. So all, all kinds of stuff like that people would find there. So you've written several articles during your uh, time of being sequestered. And, uh, and so it's kind of neat to see what's going through your brain during this time. And um, one that has really captivated us just in the title alone is this concept of rediscovering home amidst the COVID-19 crisis. So that's where we really want to pick your brain about today is what do you mean by that rediscovering home? Yeah. I, I wonder if it's been the same way for, for you guys since Janet, you and Chet, we all have kids that are, I mean, we're relatively in the same stage. Um, and it is, I don't think that I realized how activity driven our family was until all the activities went away, you know, they go away and you find yourself wondering, well, what in the world are we going to, are we going to do together? Um, and there's, there's a sense of loss that you feel at all those things. But maybe one of the redemptive things that is happening during this time is, I know it's been this way for us, maybe for you guys too, I think it has been this way for a lot of people, is that having been forced to stay at home, you're sort of rediscovering the beauty of of being at home, uh, of doing stuff together as a family that there wasn't a lot of room to do uh, or at least to do in an extended period of time. You know, you, you might still play the occasional board game or whatever, but do you really have four hours that you, you know, you spend together because there's literally nothing else vying for, uh, for your attention. And it's not just stuff that we, we do at home. Like I know even going, going for walks in the neighborhood, you see people that you never knew lived in your neighborhood. So I wonder if that's one of the things that's going to come out of this is a new appreciation and love uh, actually for home. Of course, you, I mean, it could swing the other way. By the, by the time that quarantine lifts, everybody might just be so ready to get out of their house that they, that, you know, they're whatever. Just let me go somewhere and do something. But I don't think so. I think that there, I think that there is, is going to be lasting value um, where people have, have, been, have been forced, at least for a season, to slow down and to consider and to reflect and just to be with each other, to be, to be at home. Um, so yeah, I mean, who, who can say everything that the Lord is doing through this, but perhaps that's one thing that is, is happening now. And so you talk in the, uh, in the blog post about the idea of this concept of gains and losses. And it can be really easy for us to, you know, to focus on the losses. Um, many of us, you know, are missing being together, or missing going to restaurants, or missing those activities that you mentioned. And it can be easy for us in the moment to overlook the gains that we have uh, or, or to minimize the losses. You know, I know I have a couple of students who are scheduled to graduate this year who are missing graduation. And there's all kinds of things that our children are missing that would be the norm. And so I wonder if you might help us uh, just understand this concept of gains and losses. 
Totally. It's, uh, man, I, I might just offer a, a word of preamble before that and say that, you know, anytime you start talking about losses, there's a, there's a couple of things to remember. Um, uh, one is, I think, just to remember that a loss means different things to different people. And everybody is dealing with this in, in different ways. So for us and our family, you know, I, I think if you if you tried to put everybody on a continuum, that the losses have been relatively light. Like we have lost some of our our daily routine, and we've lost uh, you know being face to face with friends. But we haven't, for example, Chuck, in your case, we haven't lost like a significant life marker, like a in person graduation. And then all the way at the other end of the continuum, we haven't lost anyone physically that's close to us. The only reason that I bring that up to start the discussion is because there is a there is a tendency, I think, to have sort of a rosy optimism where you deny the grief in the morning that comes with losses that you experience that I think is is counterproductive and and really just is, is not helpful at all in terms of us processing what the Lord is doing in our own souls. Like you, it's okay to feel that, you know, it's okay to feel the, the loss at the same time. It is okay to recognize that there are things, gains that we're experienced that we probably would not have experienced without the loss. So I think what I tried to do in the article was just set up the fact that you could really say in one sense, the entire, the entire Christian experience is about those two things held in tandem. It's about loss and gain and loss and gain. Jesus, as we follow Jesus, it is a road of loss. I mean, I, I think about Luke chapter nine. This is the passage that everybody's familiar with where Jesus says, you got to take up your cross. So he is calling us to a life of loss. And he doesn't say you just got to take up your cross one time. Uh, you take up your cross every single day. So literally every single day is going to be filled with things you are losing for the sake of Jesus. But it's important, I think, to read that passage in its context, because after Jesus says, you got to, you're going to take up your cross, and, and uh, anybody who's ashamed of me, I will also be ashamed of him. But then at the end of that passage, he gets to the point where he says, you know, you got to take up your cross for whoever uh, loses his life for my sake will find it. So Jesus in game is not that we would experience loss. It's that we would experience gain. But he also recognizes that in order to get to the gain, you must travel down the road of loss. It's a necessary component to it. Um, and I think you find that same dynamic all over scripture. You know, Paul talks about putting certain things down and picking certain things up or taking certain things off and putting certain things on. I mean, this is what we do as followers of Jesus. We're constantly losing and then constantly gaining on the other, on the other side of it. Um, so it's, it's, there's, a, there's a tension there between recognizing that there are gains that are legitimate and there are losses that are legitimate, and it's okay to to feel both of those things. Just one other passage I might point to. It just come came to mind right now. If you if you don't mind, but I, I think this one is particularly relevant. So in the book of uh, uh, in the letters to the Thessalonian church, Paul talks about grief, uh, and he says to the church, "I do not want you to grieve as those who have no hope." Right. 
think it's, imp- it's so important for us to hear Paul saying, he is not saying, I don't want you to grieve. What he's doing is implicitly giving them permission to grieve their loss, but to grieve it in a different fashion. He's not saying don't cry. He's saying cry differently. And I think the same thing is true here. I don't think the Lord would say this, man, don't be, don't not be sad about all the things that you can't do right now, but be sad in a different way than everybody else's sad. And that's, I think that's the task for us as ministry leaders is helping people not to not be sad. It's to help people be sad in a different way. And even as parents for our kids, it's to help our kids not to not be sad, but to help them be sad in a different way than everybody else's sad. You know what I mean? Yes. I want to, back to the article. I want to read just a part that resonated with me about home. Uh, in this time period. Home is no longer the place you leave to go out and conduct life. It is instead the singular place. And in the singular place, it is, as, it is as if a gigantic reset button is being pushed on our lives. I know the Magruder household has felt a reset. There aren't any travel ball teams. There aren't any dance recitals. There aren't any teacher meetings. There aren't plans with friends or date nights to restaurants. There's just home. And in that, there is some loss. But perhaps, and you say, I hope I'm not being too presumptuous in this, there is also an element of gain. Yes, we've lost all those things, but we have gained, you say, jigsaw puzzles and family movie nights and walks in the neighborhood and three meals together. We are at home and we are together. And then loss and gain, loss and gain, you say. It's... I, t- I really do feel that. It's a fun fact for, for you guys. You may know this. Uh, I found it out recently, and I really loved it, that apparently um, the jigsaw puzzle, uh, like they existed before the Great Depression. <laughs> but it, was, it was during the Great Depression that jigsaw fu- puzzles first being manu- first really started being manufactured in mass. Because they didn't have the means to do anything else, and so they started – staying at home and working puzzles together. I should say, you know this. I know that we just tried to order puzzles on Amazon and they are all out of stock. Are they? You can't get puzzles right now. There's in such demands. Crazy. Fascinating. Who would have, I mean, who would have thought it's the, it's the weirdest stuff like that that's happening. Uh, that's, that's happening right now. You know, toilet paper and puzzles. That's where we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I've heard, I mean, at my house, my daughter, you know, loves to paint, but has put that down for a long time because of busyness and she's picked it back up. She's painting at the, at the table. She's got her crafts set up. Um, um, one that. of my kids. Yeah. She's planning family uh, themed dinners, you know, and so we're, we're doing that, you know, it, it's just, we would never have time to do those things. So yeah. Yeah. those are the, those are t- truly the gains. They are. And they're, I mean, they are, they are beautiful, beautiful things. I, I think it's a really penetrating question for parents to ask of themselves and maybe just to step back and take a couple of minutes and just reflect and, and ask, ask yourself as a parent, how are my children going to remember COVID-19? Because it really is a marker, right? I mean, it is, uh, it's, they're going to remember. Yeah, living history. Totally. And, and as parents, we have, you know, we have a large role in stewarding how our kids are going to remember it. So are they going to remember, you know, are they going to remember panic? Are they going to remember 
that my dad uh, hoarded toilet paper or, or whatever are they going to remember? And those were the days when we, when we played games together, when we prayed together, you know, when we, when we helped our neighbors together. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a powerful thing to think that we, we as parents really can shape um, the memories of our kids uh, around, around what's happening right now. I like to see, uh, as an optimist, I'm an optimist, let's face it, I like to see every obstacle as an opportunity. And so, Michael, from that perspective, what, what kind of opportunity do you think we have as, as families, but also as ministry leaders yeah. during this season, which we all hope is temporary, which or on whatever this opportunity is, the window may be closing on us. How do we make sure that we don't miss whatever this opportunity is? Well, I mean, one opportunity is obvious, which is just the time is the time together. You know, I mean, that's a significant opportunity to invest in, in kids and invest in people. Um, another opportunity, I think, for ministry leaders is just the, the real value of a person-to-person contact, of just picking up the phone and checking on people. Um, and then here's, here's one other one that I would say. Um, you know, all, all of us, uh, I think, would say that it's our desire, both as parents and as ministry leaders, to see that the church uh, does not take the place of parents as the primary spiritual influence in the lives of their children, but instead comes alongside parents to so that parents can really serve the role that the Lord intended for them. There is an opportunity here for parents uh, when when kids are, are not meeting traditionally in Sunday school classes or in youth groups or wherever. It is a real opportunity for us as parents to take up the mantle of being the primary spiritual influence in the lives of our kids. And boy, what, what I, what I hope, what I hope, and maybe the Lord in his grace would allow us at Lifeway to have some small measure of this through the resources that we are providing to parents. What I hope is that when quarantine is lifted, there will be a host of families who had never read the Bible together before quarantine. Sorry, I'm so I'm, I'm losing it here a little bit. Sorry, this is not good for radio. If only people could see the real tears. <laughs> um, but but that those families would keep reading the Bible together. Um, and that families who didn't regularly pray together started praying together, and then they keep praying together. Like that's a real, it's a real significant opportunity. Um, so I, I hope that, I hope that those things. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I know, and maybe we can close this way. Um, first of all, you're speaking native language to our ministry leaders who are listening. Yes. Because this is what we talk about a lot on this podcast is help helping equip parents to be the primary discipler of their children. And it's a pain point for our ministry leaders who get frustrated when that doesn't seem to translate. So if nothing else in this time period, um, because I think a lot of times we hear that the excuse is time. So here we go. Here's our big chance. We have this time, this unprecedented amount of time um, to be able to, um, you know, truly disciple our children. Um, Back to gains and losses. And um, this is kind of telling one on the Kelly family, too. But I know that for Easter, a loss for us was, you know, getting to be with our church and um, our church family and, um, and that kind of thing. But I got to say again, for 
me as the mama of the family, I didn't worry about Easter outfits and all the things that mamas really extra worry about for Easter morning. I was going to say, was it staying in jammies all day? Was that the game? (laughs) We we did get dressed because I put on a big Easter lunch. Um, but, um, and I did have to zoom, uh, teach Sunday school. So I wore um, an Easter bonnet as a joke. Um, but, but we didn't have to do the hustle and bustle of hurry up and get ready. And we're going to take the picture and then get to church on time. And da, da, da. Yeah. However, the Kellys did kind of a combo of this approach. And I want you to tell us what y'all did. Man, we did. Uh, so we did, we did like the COVID-19 version of zoom culture and Easter. So we took two pictures. Uh, one was from the, uh, like the torso up, and then one was full body. So we got halfway dressed for Easter. We went <laughs> business on the top, but party on the bottom. Uh, <laughs> the clothing mullet Zoom meetings right now. But you know, just a little thing to remember. This is this is what we were living in during this time. Right. So Jana had on um, a, a nice dress, but then under the dress, she had on her flannel pajama bottoms. Nice. I love and it. I, and I think we all do right now. I mean, I'm not speaking for myself. You'll yeah. never know. That's right. <laughs> and Michael, you had on shorts with your blazer. <laughs> we will never tell. <laughs> Michael Kelly, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. We, we so appreciate your leadership to us within Lifeway and uh, in your words of wisdom to our audience. So thank you. You're quite welcome. Glad to do it. And Jana, thank you for being here as always. It's always fun to have conversations like this with you. It's more fun that way. <laughs> So, listeners, the website where you can find the blog for Word Progress by Michael Kelly is Michael Kelly, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-K-E-L-L-E-Y dot C-O. We'll provide a link for that. Trey, let's please capture that in show notes. We'll provide that link for you listeners. We hope that you will spend a little bit, bit of time rediscovering home for yourselves and encouraging your families to do so, too. We, we do have a unique opportunity during this time, and, and so our prayer for you is that you might leads your families, your own families, and the families in your church well through this unique season so that we can come out of it uh, changed in a way that, uh, that helps us all to grow in our relationship with the Lord and in our ministries. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back again next time in another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.